This is 10 Things I Like About, a 10-minute, 10-episode podcast about unknown or misunderstood wildlife. Welcome to 10 Things I Like About. I'm Kirsten, your host, and this is a podcast about misunderstood or unknown creatures in nature. Some we'll find right outside our doors, and some are continents away, but all are fascinating. This podcast will focus 10, 10-minute episodes on different animals and their amazing characteristics. Please join me on this extraordinary journey. You won't regret it. This is the last episode of Echidnas, and I have to say I'm sorry to see them go. They have been such an interesting animal to talk about. And, as usual, the last episode is all about the conservation work being done to ensure their continued survival. The short-beaked echidna is the most widespread native mammal in Australia and is protected on the continent, but that doesn't mean they aren't feeling the strain of our changing planet. Loss of habitat, loss of food resources, overhunting, and problems encountered due to changing temperatures are problems all species of echidnas face. Another man-made problem threatening echidnas is feral dogs. Feral dogs have no problems tracking down echidnas and making a meal of them. Of our four species of echidnas, the short-beaked echidna is doing the best conservation-wise. Overall, their populations are stable in the areas that have been studied. An estimate made in 2017 says there are 5 to 50 million individual short-beaked echidnas in Australia. Maybe. It is an estimate. They are given a least concern status by the IUCN. So that's not bad, conservation-wise. Not bad at all. The long-beaked echidna, they are a different story altogether. Overhunting of the long-beaked echidna is problematic. That's a kind way of putting it. It's a big problem. Since the 1960s, the long-beaked echidna has experienced 80% loss of population. 80% loss of population. All long-beaked echidnas, which is three out of the four species of echidna that are alive today, are considered critically endangered by the IUCN. Here is where the echidna and the human stories twine together in a complicated braid. Indigenous peoples of the New Guinea area relied on echidnas and tree kangaroos as food sources way back in the day when everyone began living together. These two animals are the largest mammals native to the area. So, of course, you need a little meat, you're going to go after the largest animals near you. Back when human numbers were low, this was not a problem. We're talking a few centuries ago here. A few echidna were hunted for meat, and the population was allowed to replenish, keeping up with the small amount taken for hunting. No problems. In 2015... A study done estimating the hunting of long-beaked echidnas by indigenous peoples found that in seven months, hunters from 33 clans in two tribes killed and consumed 16 long-beaked echidnas. Now, that doesn't really sound like a lot, but that's more than 25% of all the known specimens in the world ever collected of the long-beaked echidnas. That's quite a lot. There are over 800 tribes in the Papua New Guinea area and thousands of clans with a taste for the echidna. 
modern technology, and the use of dogs in hunting have made hunting for the echidna easier. It's a fine line here with conservation efforts because we don't want to take away the importance of preserving indigenous people's way of life. But this activity is also wiping out an animal that is older than human history itself. So researchers and educators must tread carefully but quickly to prevent the extinction of this animal. The biggest problem here is that the tribes are kind of like separate countries. They all have different languages. They have different ways of life. So setting aside an area to protect the echidna is simply not imp- is just impossible because no one can agree on what needs to be done. So coming from the outside as conservationists, we have to approach each group of people and talk to them individually and explain the problems that the echidnas face. This relies on time, but the problem is is that the long-beaked echidnas may not have much time left. But conservationists have not given up hope. So for the echidnas in general, what is being done to ensure the survival of this animal that has lived on this planet longer than any other mammal? Well, Australia has laws in place that protect echidnas from exploitation, and they have set aside wild places as refuges for them. Researchers, of course, continue to study all species of echidna to learn about how they live and what they rely on to survive. This information will help inform new regulations to protect the animal itself and the resources they need to survive. This is the most difficult area of conservation, though, because most species are nocturnal and they live in dense forested areas. This makes it very difficult to find them and observe them. As we talked about before, there has been some use of radio tracking, but it's difficult to get them to stay on them. It's an evolving science. The ones that actually live in more open areas also happen to live in really high altitudes, which makes it difficult for us as humans to find and follow them. In Papua New Guinea, individual landowners have begun to work with conservationists by agreeing not to hunt echidnas on their land. Now, these are all individuals. The Hogavi Conservation Area, I apologize if I say that incorrectly, it is spelled H-O-G-A-V-E. It was established as a no-hunting zone 30 years ago by a revolutionary, visionary tribal chief in the area. Love that forward thinking. Elsewhere in Papua New Guinea, conservation groups are working locally with individuals to help spread the word about echidna populations and hope for their survival there has greatly improved. On a happy note, Sir David's long-beaked echidna thought to be extinct for over 60 years, was rediscovered in 2023. Ah, yay. An expedition to the Cyclops Mountains in Indonesia had high hopes in finding this long-lost echidna. They had heard rumors, and they received reports from local indigenous people that echidnas still roamed the region. But there was no hard evidence. So in 2023... One last effort was made by the University of Oxford to determine if the stories were true. And they did it! They captured film footage of this animal, proving this species of long-beaked echidna is still alive today. 
So it does leave you with hope that other species may survive against all odds as well. For my listeners in Australia, I'm not sure if I have listeners in Australia, but I hope I do, and other areas where echidnas are found, there is a citizen scientist project that you can join to help researchers at the University of Adelaide collect important information about echidnas. The program is called Echidna CSI, and anyone can join. CSI stands for Conservation Science Initiative, and you can contact the university by emailing echidnacsi at adelaide.edu.au. I'll post this link in my show notes for this episode, and hopefully some of you will join and help do research on echidnas. For those of you outside Australia that want to help echidnas, do what I'm doing. Get the word out there about these amazing animals. The more people know about these animals, the more they will care, and that is the best step to helping them survive. You can also contribute to Expedition Cyclops. Now that we have definitive proof that Sir David's long-beaked echidna still lives, more research is needed to ensure their continued survival. I'll post a link to Expedition Cyclops in my show notes. I'm going to end this series on a hopeful note for the echidna because it's my 10th favorite thing about this legendary animal. Thank you so much for joining me for my series on echidnas. If you're enjoying this podcast, please recommend me to friends and family and take a moment to give me a rating on whatever platform you're listening. It will help me reach more listeners and give the animals I talk about an even better chance at change. I'll be taking a break after this series, but I'll be back in March of 2024 with brand new episodes of 10 Things I Like About. This has been an episode of 10 Things I Like About with Kirsten and Company. Original music written and performed by Catherine Camp, piano extraordinaire.